Hey listeners of the Sweat Elite Podcast, Matt here. Thanks again for tuning in to another podcast episode. On today's episode, I interview Nikki Johnston, who is a Scottish runner who currently lives in Dusseldorf, Germany, and the guy is a racing machine. So what I mean by that is, in 2019 alone, he's run 17 full marathons in an average time of 2.28, 13 half marathons in an average time of 69, and Somehow, on top of all those, in addition, he's run plenty of 10Ks, 5Ks, and ultramarathons as well. And the guy's been doing this for seven years now. Of course, during those seven years, he has had a few periods of time where he hasn't been able to race as much. He moved to Ethiopia for a little while in 2014, where he was unable to race due to his teaching load. We talk a bit about that in this podcast episode. But he has a marathon personal best time of 221 a half marathon personal best time of 67.14, which both those were um, raced earlier this year. And the guy has been improving every single year. So just quickly, I'll go through his progression. He started running somewhat seriously, you could say, at the age of 28, which was at the end of 2011, where he ran a 3.11 marathon. And then basically every year, he's been improving around 5 to 10 minutes in the marathon and 2 to 3 minutes in the half marathon to the point now where he's not too far off, say, qualifying for the European Championships uh, for Scotland. Uh, One of his more notable performances as well was last year, 2018, at the Berlin Marathon, where he broke the world record for the fastest Elvis Presley Ever so, he dressed up as Elvis Presley and ran a two thirty five. Uh, sorry, a, a two thirty seven at the Berlin Marathon last year, which was a world record. And he's done plenty more really interesting things as well. Um, so, still a full time teacher. Uh, he obviously doesn't train uh, the same way as most uh, sub elite runners would, because he races every single weekend. And we talk quite a bit about that as well, about how he manages the the load and what he does during the week for training. And we talk about how he recovers between the races as well, as well as what his uh, outlook is into the future, what his goals are, and so on. It's a really interesting podcast episode, and I really enjoyed talking to Nikki over the hour and 15 minutes that we had over the phone. I do apologize in advance for the poor audio quality. I know I'm apologizing before most podcast episodes at the moment. I do have an excuse. I am currently traveling through Europe Uh, working for the most part, uh, meeting athletes, coaches, uh, generating more content for the Sweat Elite subscribers. And uh, I am also have been at the Berlin Marathon, New York Marathon, Ineos Challenge, all for work, and will be at the Valencia Marathon as well. So I'm basically doing these podcast episodes from the voice recorder on my Samsung, which isn't the greatest, but you're still able to listen to it, no problem. But I do promise that in the future, there will be better audio quality from a microphone and my computer. That's about enough from me. I hope you enjoyed this podcast episode with Nikki Johnston from Scotland, the racing machine. Hi, Mark. Hi, Nikki. How are you doing? Yeah, good. How are you doing? Yeah, pretty good. I'm really sorry for the delay there. Yeah, not at all. Yeah, no worries. Even your, uh, even your WhatsApp number, it says something like, it's race day as the status. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've even forgot like what I put in there. I put that in a long time ago, but yeah. it's so good. I've I've got to leave it. Like, no, that's... that's a keeper forever. <laughs> Absolutely, don't don't change that. No, I don't even know what my uh, what no. my WhatsApp name is either. But uh, I saw that and had a had a little bit of a laugh because I guess that's what this call is all about and why I was interested in uh, in getting on a podcast episode with you in the first place because you've you've obviously had a a super interesting last 
at least I think you mentioned in a conversation with me last week or maybe the week before that you've actually been doing this. Uh, by the way, we're, I'm already recording, so I guess we can get straight into it. But um, you've been doing this for for quite a while, the, the racing more or less most weekends. And for well, uh, it feels like quite a long time, but I mean, it's went past in in like the, the click of a, uh, your fingers. I mean, since I mean, seriously, since like 2012, yeah. I've been racing pretty much every weekend. You know, uh, lapping up the race day atmosphere and just just enjoying the race days. So yeah, I mean, about seven years full on racing now. Yeah, when you sent me through the uh, the file with all of your race results, I did notice that it went back until at least 2012. And I think what's most impressive about the whole thing as a whole is that every year you, you're really improving a lot despite, I mean, I shouldn't even use the word despite because one would say that racing a lot is, is, often, is obviously a good thing. But yeah, you're really now getting down to the, down to the elite end with a 221 marathon personal best and a 67 14 half marathon which is which is kind of pushing the really pushing the elite side now so and and this year has been your 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 best year oh absolutely my best year in uh in terms of times and in terms of how much i'm actually physically enjoying my running as well this is by far my best year i am loving my running this year more than ever before I just feel like, I, I don't know, I mean, can I say that? I just feel like I'm just getting started, you know what I mean? <laughs> I know I've been racing for seven years now, but, you know, every time I, I beat my time, I was like, wow, like, it's still possible. Even, you know, I'm, even I'm into the M35 category now, but and and many a time people have said, oh, oh well, you know, sooner or later, Nicky, you're going to, you're going to get over the hill and you're going to start getting slower. It's not going to be so easy anymore <laughs> to get those fast times. And, but, you know, I'm just loving every minute of it. And I think that, um, I can, I think that's probably part of the, you know, the recipe for success as well as the, uh, because of my my attitude and my you know you know the happiness and the way I approach the run and the race and I think that kind of helps me to to race so much and so fast as well because I literally love it so much I can't wait to tow the line I can't wait to to the weekends and I probably think I can put down you know my fast times to to my attitude and my outlook on on racing and running. What you just so, said, I, I couldn't agree any more with. And I think, you know, as, as you, I'm, I'm not sure how, I guess, how much you've read in posts and so on, but, but I started Sweat Elite a bit over three years ago now. And I've obviously been spending a bit of time with some, some top athletes and I've been researching others. And, and one thing that I, I have come to a, a realization about, which I, which I didn't really place too much importance on before I started this business, but is, is basically exactly what you just said. And it's that a lot of the really top guys, they, they really enjoy their running and they really get excited about racing. And, uh, you know, I think one of the main reasons why, I mean, there's many reasons why, why you're probably improving so much, but, or every year, should I say, but one of them is absolutely that. You're, you're just really excited about getting to the line and, 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 and your attitude towards it's very positive. And I think absolutely you're right in saying that's, that's definitely a reason for the for the improvements and so so i read i read an instagram post and you kind of just said it you've you've just turned or you have recently turned 35 yeah yeah so there's obviously and, 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 
<laughs> yeah, just this year. And so, and so you started, I guess, running seriously in your in your late twenties. So seven years ago, so I would have been, um, yeah, so 28 at the time. Um, that would have been 2012, as I say. And um, at that time, you know, I'd done a few marathons before that. Like, you know, I sent you that file uh, with all my results, and you probably saw that there was a few marathons. Yes kind of all on their own, dotted between 2008 and 2011. So that was really just to kind of, you know, it was a bit of a challenge. Uh, My parents had said, try it out, do a marathon, you know. And so at that time I was still playing football or, yeah, football, soccer. What would you call it? Uh, Soccer? As an an Australian, I would would call it soccer. But now that I've lived in... Europe for a little while. I think it's football now, but I know what you mean. <laughs> yeah. 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 Okay. So we'll call it football then. So I was still <laughs> a football player uh, back in, in those days, you know, at that time, uh, pre 2012, and I was still playing for, um, yeah, I mean, for fun, really, for an Irish pub football team. Um, so we were playing every, uh, you know, no training or anything, just playing on the weekends and then just, um, having a bit of a good time after the game and having a laugh and you know as you do Irish pub teams so but you know and, and then during those years I'd tried the odd marathon now and again just as a kind of a, a challenge to I kind of I was living in Cologne at the time and I knew there was this Cologne marathon and I'd been to watch it but the this the, you know the running fever or the 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 running had, uh, I, it, it never really um, Kind of, uh, never got infected uh, by the by the by the running, by the spirit of it, and I wasn't really interested at that time. I was still into football, uh, so I'd done a few marathons pre two thousand twelve, you know, two a year, but never really trained properly for them. Just kind of got away with it, being a footballer, you know, having yep. decent condition anyway. Yep. So uh, in those times, I managed to. Get uh, what was my times? Well, I've got them up on the uh, I've got them up on the screen right now, and I'm sure that the people listening are probably curious. So, in 2007, you ran your first one. It looks like, and it was the Dusseldorf Marathon, and you ran 3:42. Now, after that, Uh, uh, that would have been the relay. I think that was. It says Dusseldorf 42 kilometers, and then it doesn't have much other information here. But um, yeah, Yeah, the first one was a relay. I remember that. Okay. Uh, that was with colleagues. The first one was a relay, uh, and I was the last runner, so I, I got to run into the finish, but <laughs> my legs were in pieces after that. Absolute <laughs> pieces. I could hardly walk. Uh, the following so, year, you ran in the, Col- in the Cologne Marathon, and you ran 3.21. And then you basically yes. alternated Dusseldorf and Cologne for the next uh, four years, and you went... So after the 3.42 in the relay, 3.21, then you went 3.19, and then you went 4.06 in the Cologne Marathon 2009. <laughs> yeah. But it does say something next to it. It says Tempo Masher, which I guess is something in German. Ah, uh, yeah. So that means pacemaker. Ah, sure. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. And then you went 3.11, Dusseldorf Marathon 2010, 3.15, Cologne Marathon 2010, uh, 4.47, but you were a pacemaker, Dusseldorf 2011, and then Cologne Marathon 2011, 3.11, so you've just 
beat your personal best time there by only 12 seconds. So your best time leading into 2012 was 3.11.07. Yeah. So, and then let me just flick the page to the next year. And wow, when I flicked the page to the following year, you got, you got very excited because you would have raced about 36, 37 times in 2012. Uh, And you actually, you actually improved really, really quickly because kind of early in the year you ran a, or mid-year you ran a 119 half, which is a, a, a fair improvement. And you ran a fair few 10Ks around the 34 low. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's the year when it really took off. Uh, <laughs> I can see that. when, I guess, yeah, I think you could, the 37 races give it away, right? <laughs> it's so, funny because I've got, I've got an Excel, so for people listening, I've got an Excel sheet and the sheets are, the years are in tabs, but 2006 to 2011 is one tab and, and it's only uh, eight, uh, seven rows. And then when I flick to the 2012 tab, it's like the whole the whole screen is full of races. So, uh, and, then, and then in, so in October... Yeah, the funny thing is about that Excel, I mean, I, I kind of just started it at the beginning because, you know, it was quite exciting to keep a record of, of my races and my times. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I never, uh, I never predicted that over the years that I would still be keeping it. It would still be going. And I'm still religiously, after every race, can't wait to get home. The first <laughs> thing I can't wait to do is upload my race on Strava. And the second thing I can't wait to do is to put my race into my Excel sheet. It's the two things, you know, I have to do. And uh, it's just, yeah, just habit now, I guess. Yeah. Now, while I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna log into Strava because I need to. I realize I don't, I don't even have you on Strava, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna add you while I'm, I'm doing this. But, but while I'm flicking between um, tabs on my computer, October 2012, you broke three hours for the first time and went 2:56 at the Munich Marathon. Yes. Yeah, but one one notably, one notable time just before that, which which I feel is quite. Is getting down there is in in SN in uh, September. You ran sixteen oh seven five k, which is which is pretty fast. So all of a sudden you've you've sort of you've gotten down to pretty quick times. Um, but yeah, so for those listening and curious, I guess people are curious to hear how you got started and obviously where you are at today. The first sub three was October fourteen twenty twelve. So a couple of months after the Olympic Games there in London, um, yeah, in Munich. 256 and then and then the following year is when you really started to heat it up and you went <laughs> 236 and so on but yeah, yeah do you, so do you remember many of these races because there's so many of them here it must be hard to remember them all well i mean funnily enough i do uh you know when somebody mentions it like you do now it it kind of uh, the memory. It, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it jars a memory in my brain. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, I remember that one. Yes, SN, yeah. that was the Gruger Park one. That was a, uh, oh, that was like, I remember running. And, uh, you know, for all, I've got, uh, I look on here in Germany where I find the races. And uh, I remember there was, I think I was struggling to find a race that day and then I saw this 5k in Essen it wasn't that far away so I headed there and I thought okay 5k hardly ever do a 5k I mostly do 10s but mm-hmm. I'm, I'm up for anything let's give it a go you know so um, yeah I mean I, I remember most of them if not all of them and if somebody would give me a little you know prod and be like oh, do you remember that one 
and uh, and then like, the memories flood, flood in. And yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, I do. And even Munich, like breaking three hours. I mean, all of them are special. Every single race and. I remember Munich because I was walking by the end. I was taking so many walking breaks at <laughs> the wall so badly, but still, yeah. it's special for me. I always try and get the positives out of every race I do, and yeah, breaking three for the first time, even though I was walking the end. I still remember <laughs> running into the the Olympia starting, and uh, yeah, it was a special race for me. So awesome! Definitely remember that one. Awesome. So before we go into more of your races, um, I'm just following you on Strava now. You've got a lot of you got five thousand two hundred forty three followers, which is a lot. So I've just followed you. Asics front runner, Scotsman, fastest Elvis on earth, which we'll talk about soon. I'm familiar with that. And the King of Berlin is in your uh, your profile on Strava. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Another another one of my proud moments and another another crazy idea. Um, but yeah, super proud of that one. And uh, a few people may be familiar with the, the the history behind that, or the you know the story behind that um, with the Elvis costume. Yeah, we can talk about so, that now. I mean, after we talk about that, we'll sort of go back through the calendar a little bit. But I am curious to hear a bit more about yeah. that because I listened to a podcast episode of you, um, you being interviewed uh, yesterday. And uh, yeah, let's let's talk a bit about that. So you ran the Berlin Marathon last year in an Elvis outfit. So I'll let you take it from here. Sure. Yeah. Okay. So I mean, it was uh, it was a fantastic experience. I absolutely loved it. It's definitely up there with one of my uh, more special marathons. And definitely, when you're running in the Elvis outfit, I mean. You get shouted during marathons because your name's on the bib and whatever. You know, everyone's familiar with, yeah, go Matt, go Nikki, whatever. You're like, oh, that's nice, brilliant. That gives me a wee push. But just imagine running through the streets of Berlin with, you know, the Elvis outfit, the wig, (laughs) sideburns, you know, the the glasses, and then you've got Elvis on your start number. It was, I have never been supported and encouraged by the public so much. It was crazy. Like, go, go Elvis. Elvis is alive. Elvis lives. Yeah, you rock, Elvis. Go. It was amazing. It was, It was. you know, I, I couldn't take the smile off my face during the race. And I was laughing to myself as I was running around. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it was such a great experience. And, you know, I, it was a big thanks, really, to the guys at Strava and to the people that made the costume. Uh, for, um, and because the idea was put to me it wasn't really originally my idea it was put to me say three months before um, there was a collaboration between as I say Strava and um, Unsanctioned Running who made the costume and they said we're looking for somebody to run a math and to break the world record from Mike Wardian to a lot of listeners will be familiar with Mike Wardian I mean he was always for me, a huge role model, and he still is, um, through his crazy runs, and he was the fastest Elvis in the world, I think still unofficially. Um, so Strava and Unsanctioned Running, they won looking for this runner to don the costume and break the, the record of 238. And I got this call, and they're like, yeah, Nikki, we've been tipped off about you. Um, we're looking for somebody to run in a costume, and it's very rock and roll and we think that you fit the bill what do you think so hang on uh, was this was, like, was this okay. Strava that called you <laughs> sorry was it was it Strava that called you up or, or who called you up it 
um, a guy from Strava, Paul Niemeyer, from, uh, he's the head of Strava um, operations for Germany, Austria, Switzerland, I think. Yep, okay. So he'd, he'd been working on this project and, and uh, as I say, they were looking for somebody. I got the call. Um, there was another runner from around Germany who tipped him off for me. And when he gave me the call and be like, Nikki, do you fancy being Elvis for the day? Do you want to, you, you know, breaking the world record? What do you think? And I was like, for sure. Like, this is so <laughs> rock and roll. This is amazing. Yeah. I'm in for sure. So I don't even need to think about it. He was like, oh, just take a few days, you know, call me. I says, no, I'm in. This sounds fantastic. <laughs> I'm all in. Yeah. Didn't have to think about so, it. So, uh, and uh, I, yeah, I never regretted doing it. Um, it was a bit of a rush getting the weekend. The whole weekend itself was a rush getting there on the day before, like late in the evening because I was working on the Saturday at school. But I got there late and I had my dinner at like 10 at night. And then I, we were having like all this talking about uh, just planning the whole race and like um, the nutrition plan uh, when I get my drinks and stuff. But woke up early, have breakfast. So it was all a bit quite stressful, quite rushed, but in the end, uh, and then I had a cold, I caught a cold and my nose was running and I was sneezing, so not ideal situation on the uh, on the day, but uh, the race itself, uh, until halfway, uh, everything was going brilliant, like 113 through half with an Elvis costume, being supported by the public of Berlin. It was fantastic. Uh, funny, uh, what was really funny that day was the people, um, the other runners in the 2.30 group, you can imagine the group of runners all going for two hours 30. It was like a massive group, uh, some some uh, male runners, some female runners in there. And then Elvis at the back of the group. <laughs> in the, the, like, I'm actually very familiar with... I'm sorry, I'm very familiar with that, the size of that group, because in the Berlin Marathon this year, I ran in the 230 group for the first 30K. I ended up having a lot of muscle cramps and ran 235, but I'm very familiar with the size of that group because I just experienced it two months ago. <laughs> so uh, it would have been very funny to be on the back of that pack in a uh, in an Elvis outfit. like from the other runners that were kind of looking over their shoulder like why is everybody shouting Elvis there's somebody in the group called Elvis and then they turn around and there's this guy with a costume and the wig and everything so even they were a bit surprised but now I've got a uh, they were benefiting from the from the crowd as well so absolutely I've got a couple of photos of you up here uh in the outfit and it's 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 a (laughs) full-on I mean I'll put some photos in the on on the website on the on the podcast URL, but yeah, it's a full on outfit. It's like you're dressed head to toe in well, not quite toe because you've got you've got Asics running you've got your Asics running shoes on, but at least head to ankle, you're Elvis. You've got a full on bodysuit. Uh, it's white. It's, it's white. <laughs> you've got a black stripe across your chest. You've, you've got a you've got a wig on, which is uh, which is which is pretty bushy hair, I guess. And then you've got even you've even got the red sunglasses on. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, if you're going to do it, do it. That's right. And so you went. So, so you're on the one. You're on the two thirty pace, and then, uh, and then, how far did you get on that pace, and what did you end up end up running? Yeah. Uh, well, everything was going good till half, and then uh, I had to make a quick toilet break. So uh, that wasn't so easy with a costume on. So <laughs> I did that like in F 
one pit stop style, I had to quickly jump into the portaloo and then like the belt was off and then I had to get the zip down the back and anyway I made it really fast but I guess I think after that like the cold had taken this effect and the whole weekend and I kind of hit the wall a little bit yeah. and then the record was from from being well within sight it was the time was ticking down and it just got harder and harder and harder and I was like oh I'm not going to make it oh no oh. but in the end you know I kept on going I kept on pushing and the crowd were keeping me going and you know in the end I came in and like um, I think I came in at 2.37 which was one minute faster than the record by Mike Wardian so it was close but that made it more exciting as well Absolutely. so it was all worth it in the end but it, it was a panic it was oof, I'm not sure if I'm going to make this anymore but <laughs> uh, you know yeah, 2.37 and big up to everyone that helped me along the way for sure, two thirty-seven oh four, according to the spreadsheet. So I'm sure that's right. Yes, yes. <laughs> awesome. There's uh there's been a few very funny or very interesting outfit records. I know, you know I posted in a Instagram and Facebook post about about you about a month ago, and I I said that the, you are the Yuki Kawayachi. I'm I'm not spelling pronouncing his name correctly. The Japanese runner that that he. He won the Boston Marathon last year. He's run a couple of very quick half marathons in business suits, I think 65 or 66. So I think uh, that, that, that maybe could be your next, uh, your next target because you've already run 67-14, but that was in normal, normal running gear. But uh, do you have any other ideas about sort of records like that that you would like to do? I, I know you said that they called you up and it was all their idea, but has that made you sort of think about any other records that you could go after? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I think just doing that has like kind of opened the door to something new, like something crazy, new ideas, which which kind of motivate me more and also increase, uh, improve the like the happiness and and the joy that I get from running as well. You know, it's a crazy idea. Uh, not many people do it because, uh, yeah, I mean, it's not for everyone. We all we're all looking at our PBs and we all want to get fast times, so not. Everyone wants to do the costumes, but this has definitely opened my eyes to a new side of running, and it's really enjoyable. It's really fun, and yeah, it's just different. Um, so recently, I think it's been, been put to me, uh, what about running in a kilt, Nikki? <laughs> hmm. Yeah, it's all very well with your marathon like doing them so fast as you are in like singlet split shorts and that but how fast can you do it in a kilt so <laughs> I guess the challenge has been set in a way <laughs> I think oof maybe a kilt but those things are heavy yeah yeah that would be uh, so, that would be a challenge have you any idea what the record is for a marathon in a kilt oof, I've no idea <laughs> I'd have to google that yeah, I'd have to check We'll Google it later. Awesome. Okay. Well, we're going to flash back a little bit to uh, to the progression in the calendar because that's it's super interesting. So, in uh, in two thousand and thirteen, you ended up with best times of two thirty six in the London Marathon. Uh, so we'll focus on the the ten k half marathon and marathon because uh, people listening predominantly run those events. Um, so your 10k best was, uh, 30.59. Does that sound right? Yeah, that, well, that was right, yeah, on the day, but the course that day was short. 
Right. Um, so that wasn't um, obviously I ran in the finish, and I, anyone that runs in the finish and saw that would have been like over the moon. You're saying, "Oh my, oh my God, no way!" Yeah, that's and that sweet. fast already. It's too good to be true, and it was too good to be true. The course was too short, so yeah. Uh, you know, you can't just jump from 33 to 30.59. I know I was improving, but that's that's a hell of a jump. <laughs> yeah, it is. Um, yeah, okay. So that was an unofficial 10K. But uh, the half marathon, you were 110.58 and marathon 2.36. In 2014, you ran uh, all your – actually, 2014 seemed like uh, – unless this isn't fully updated, which I know you said before it is, you didn't race a lot in that year. You raced a couple of times in April and then August and then November. If no I can marathons. just like talk a little bit, um, if I can go back to 2012 a little bit, and yeah, sure, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll go forward like to 13 and 14 because I think that um, over those years quite a lot happened as well. So 2012 was obviously we we spoke uh, a little while back there about it being you know it kicked off my uh, obsession with running, my my love for running, you know, and my positive obsession with running. Um, so, and 2012 was kind of talent, uh, you know, a love for running. And I ran in 2012 Dusseldorf Marathon um, under three hours 10 that year. And three hours 10, a uh, sub 310, sorry, was a qualification time to get a guaranteed starting place for London Marathon as, as a British citizen. Right. Uh, so for me, that that was a big one um, to to nail that qualification time, which I had in the back of my head. I'd read about these qualification times over the years, and as I got more and more interested in running, and then on that day, as I ran in the finish in three hours eight, it kind of there was it was quite an emotional finish. I could feel it bubbling up, and you know there was almost a tear to the eye. Like oh, I, I really. I've only really started running this year and uh, um, qualified. yeah, I mean, I've got this th- three hours eight now and I can have a London marathon start place if I want it. And for me, that was a b- big one. It was like, Oh wow. I can't believe it. And I was struggling to hold the emotion in. And I remember running at the finish and realizing that and, and then already planning for, for the year after I, w- I was ready to, to grab that place. And I was like, right, that's it. London Marathon 2013, I'm doing it. Like, I can't believe it. And and that coincided with my love for running kicking off was getting that qualification time, finally deciding, well, I think I'm going to give up the football now because this running thing, I totally love it. I can't wait to – I want to better my times even more. Uh, I think I'd raced a few times and I was getting to know a lot of people as well and I was realizing that the running scene itself was just – full of so many interesting and fun people and it was just like a big party and you know race day that's where race day started to really take a hold on me i was like these things are i can't i love race day i love being around the people i love racing i love just giving full speed and so 2012 was a very special year it all kicked off and that's why there was 37 races yeah um and then it led on to 2013, of course, where there was also similarly so many races. There was quite a few more, actually. There was 49 races. <laughs> yeah. 
How many was there? Well, according to the, I mean, of course, I'm not going through them all, but there's 49 rows here, and I could. Yeah. Yeah, so that's. But for example, uh, I'm looking at. (laughs) For example, like some some of the periods here are quite crazy. Like for example, it says here that between September one and September twenty one, there is ten k on the first of September, three k on the fourth, ten k on the sixth, thirty k on the seventh, five k on the eleventh, ten k on the thirteenth. 10K on the 14th, 10K on the 15th, 10K on the 18th, 9.3K on the 20th, and then 10K on the 21st. So you've, you've raced 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6. You've raced about 10 times in three weeks there. And all the times are actually very – like you're not – and you, there's the, the, the most interesting thing about that is there's no indication of you becoming tired because all the times are pretty similar. All the 10Ks are like 32 mid <laughs> – um, it's just it's just a love for racing and, and it always has been and even you know as I said at the start of the call it, my love for racing will will never disappear I started running properly as as we say here in German like Volksläufer which, uh, somebody who just races the, 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 the local 10k's or 5k's for uh, just kind of a, a racing freak almost but yeah. You know, not. Um, I never started as traditionally or seriously somebody who joined an athletics club, who joined in the youth and went through all the proper training and had all the structure and coaches. I started when I was 28. I was a late starter and I started through, in 2012, like I said, doing this 10K, this night 10K in Cologne. Um, and at that time it was a 38 minutes, I think. And I finished the two rounds and then I asked the guy next to me, I was like, oh, are we, are we finished? And he was like, yeah, yeah, you know, two rounds, that's it. Did you not look at the program, you know, the flyer? And I was like, oh, well, we finished already. It, it was only just getting started. It was just starting to get fun. And uh, so, you know, I think I've, I've started as, uh, as one of these runners, as a, as a racer, somebody who's in the races and, I think that's where my love for races comes from and it will never ever die because I just love the racing and you know I've, I've maybe I'm not the traditional kind of runner who has a coach and has guidance and follows a plan but you know everybody's different and there's 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 no uh, there's no one definite way to be a good runner or to be a fast runner I think that you know everybody has to find their own way to to success or to find what they want, and you know I've definitely found what I want, and that's just race days. So yeah, um, and it will never ever be enough. Never ever, never ever will one ten k after another be too much for me because I will get home, I will go to bed, and I'm already excited for the next day for the next ten k. Yeah. It's just a buzz. It's just a constant buzz, and I just love it so much. That's amazing. That's really cool to hear. And uh, as you said, it's uh, I guess some maybe there might be some people li- listening to the podcast thinking, I wonder what he would uh, be able to do if he focused on one race. And I'm going to guess what your response very well may be, and it's that well, you don't, you know, your improvement is is so it's actually really impressive. Every single year, you're dropping times now to the point where this year you run 221 marathon and i think as you kind of also pointed out 
it's all about how to get excited about it and that's a big aspect to it and this is the way that you're really enjoying it so keep doing what you're doing and maybe trying to focus on one race and not racing for you know however many weeks beforehand that that very well may not work in your case i mean who who knows but um yeah yeah you're you're certainly doing doing things right because you're every single year you're you're dropping your times and it's hard to argue with that <laughs> yeah well i, I kind of I, I agree i think so too and you know like i say there's no one way for for somebody to be a fast runner and i definitely think that uh there's, I'm, I'm not saying that, um, you know, all these other, uh, all the other pros and everything that have got the coaches and their structure plans, that's all uh, perfect and that's that's fine um, and that's really good. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm different and as, as you've just pointed out, you know, I think that it's 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 worked till now and I've got further in, in running than I could have ever imagined yeah. When I did my first marathon in three hours twenty-one back in two thousand and eight, I would never have predicted ten years later or eleven years later running a two twenty-one. Yeah, no way. No, I would have bitten somebody's hand off. <laughs> of course, I would have taken it. Yeah, but I would never, ever, in a million years, have thought that I would in ten or eleven years I would be completely positively obsessed and in love with running so much. And that I would be running, that I would have run a 2.21 marathon and, you know, start pushing the times down towards a 30-minute 10K or 67 half. I think they've just naturally came down and I've just enjoyed, you know, pushing them down bit by bit. And I've just kind of let it happen because, you know, whatever happens, happens. And I'm, I'm going out and I'm doing my training, but I'm staying positive and I'm enjoying it and, you know, I've I've got further than I ever could have. So if it continues and I can push it even further, then I'll be more than delighted. But if I if I end up never beating two twenty one, am I going to be gutted? No way. Am I going to be over the moon that I've that I've got two twenty one for sure? Yeah, that's I mean, that's really it's, good. It's a really good uh, outlook. There's actually two points that you've brought up in the last sort of five minutes that I want to touch on because people would be curious. One. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. I may I may not have heard this correctly, but you said, do, do you have a coach now, or did you say that you don't? Have, you coach yourself. No, I, I've had coaches before. I'm not sure if many people know that because it was a little while ago now. But I've I've had two coaches, and both of their styles were very good. Yeah. Um, I had a coach, and they were in short succession. You know, I tried one. Um, that would have been in 2013, late 2013, with a guy named Manuel Fernandez um, uh, here in Dusseldorf. He was an amazing runner himself, super excellent, like 218 or 219. Um, so we started with him, and uh, I think it was, you know, no fault of, of anybody or anything really. I think it was just my own. Uh, longing for the races because we'd we you know we talked we met we discussed we trained seriously for maybe I don't know three months but at that time I did one race and for somebody who likes to race who started off as a racer who you know who loves racing that much for me that was tough to have no races at all and just be training 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 I felt like I was missing out um 
and again, you know, I just want to say his training was fantastic, and uh, you know, I was doing all the sessions and I was managing everything, but I was just missing it. I think at time I just had to say, look, this is—it's not what I want. Yeah, uh, it's not making me happy. I think so. You know, again, the training was super and everything, but it was it was me really. It was it was me missing the racing too much. So yeah, absolutely. I then went back racing it took, um, at the end of 2013 and got back in to do some more races and stuff. And um, within the next six months or so, uh, I then tried another coach um and this again came through my club at the time who i believe has also you've had him on sweat elite before andre paul mesher oh yeah yep you he, i actually met yes. andre uh 2012 and i've been in touch with him more or less ever since he's a 213 marathoner from germany and i have had him not on the podcast but i've interviewed him and discussed his training uh, before. So I am familiar with, with Andre um, and I've known him for about seven years. So, Okay, so you trained with him in oh, 20, 2013 or 20, 2014? Yeah, yeah, so 2013, 2014, and I started training with Andre too. And again, he had a different style. Um, again, it was, a, uh, it was a, a good training style, good structure and everything. Um, and then we were also in a small trainings group. So for me, that was new as well. I was training with two or three other guys and we were training indoors on the track. Um, we were training outdoors and doing all our, our endurance runs together. But again, it was probably a mix between missing the races. Again, I was doing few races. And then the, the intensity of the training, I got Achilles... Uh, I got Achilles problems, okay. and that, yeah, that kind of, yeah, that that was tough, and that explains why on the on the the spreadsheet the results that I sent you that explains why 2014 was a very quiet year, uh, because it kind of knocked me for six. Uh, my Achilles was really squeaky, and it, it just it was crunchy this crunchy noise is coming from and i was like oh this doesn't sound good it doesn't feel good it really hurts so i stopped for a while with andre and then after uh, six weeks i started again and then it hurt again then i stopped and it just went on like that this of starting and stopping every four to six weeks and after a while i i think i just had to say look i'm gonna have to i think i'm gonna stop i'm just gonna rest i want to cure my achilles yep and then let's see what happens. I might restart again, and I never did. Um, I think I just kind of, that year I took a, a really quiet year. I did a couple of dotted races here and there, but I just concentrated on resting, getting my Achilles fit. And then I kind of just drifted back into the racing scene again, and because I'd had such a bad year, I kind of wrote it off. I was a bit upset with myself, I was a bit frustrated, and I was like, oh, you know, I love racing so much and I've hardly raced and now I'm injured and now I've tried two coaches and kind of things weren't really going the way I wanted them to and it was affecting me a little bit. And then I kind of wrote off 2014. I was like, right, fresh start, 2015, I'm starting again. I'm going to go, I'm going to race, I'm going to do what I love, I'm going to be happy, I'm going to race as much as as I can and I just want to meet with the people. I want to go and race, go to race day, race on Friday, race on Saturday, race on Sunday. I don't care. I just want to go and do what I love. Yeah. So, yeah. And then that 
Um, that was kind of the end of 2014, start of 2015, fresh outlook, no coach again, do my own thing, be happy, uh, and just, yeah, yeah, see where it takes me. As I said uh, to the listeners, I'm, I've got this uh, spreadsheet in front of me. So in... As, as, 2013. Sorry, just quickly. You had you've got um, 49 entries, as in like uh, rows of races, and then in 2014 you've only got nine. So th- that that answers the question. And and all the way up until April 13, it's it's blank. And then you've also got a bit of a blank period through through June and July. So yeah, you can really see that that it really reflects in what you just said in the in the spreadsheet here. But then in 2015, as you've already started to tell the story, there's another 33 races. But I, I have to ask. Do you remember the, the spreadsheet here finishes in on August the 9th and there's nothing after that. So was there another injury there or did something did something happen in 2015? Uh, say that again, Willie, in 2015? In 2015, there's 33 race entries, but the last one, the final one at the bottom is August 9th. So, yeah, that's probably because um, 2015 I left Germany for a year and I moved to Ethiopia wow uh, okay. so <laughs> and that explains why there was like <laughs> there's not many races said, in Ethiopia uh, that's probably why <laughs> yeah there's no races there um, but I kind of um, yeah numerous reasons but um, I was looking for just a change a challenge something different um, yeah kind of a different, not a different job because I was still a teacher out there, but I wanted to just try something new. I'd been in Germany at that time for eight years, yep. eight, nine years, nine years. So after nine years, I was like, oh, you know what? I really fancy, fancy doing something different. Um, and then this job popped up on on the teacher's website where all the jobs are posted. And it was like Ethiopia for, uh, you know, a, a phys ed, a sports teacher. And I was like, hmm, don't know, shall I, shall I go for it? Ah, but I won't get it anyway. The kind of the, the self-talk that you always go through before you apply for something, and you're like, mm, not sure. And this was around May time, 2015. And then I just sent it off. I was like, oh, sort of, you know, let's <laughs> send it off, send off and let's see what happens. And yeah. it just all, it all happened so fast, I couldn't really believe it because within 24 hours, the school had got back to me. They had arranged a telephone interview. They were interested and then everything just kind of played out really quick. And I was like, before I even had a chance to rethink about it and like, oh, oh, I could be moving to Africa here, um, which I was quite excited about anyway, because, you know, everybody knows uh, all the best runners, uh, you know, the Kenyans, the Ethiopians, and especially in Addis Ababa, you know, I, I'd read several books and watched several documentaries and stuff so it was exciting but almost like I was quite scared as well like leaving the comfort zone like oh this could really happen yeah um uh, yeah and they got back to me they were interested and everything just played out its course and we they agreed that they would they they would they would give me the job and they were very impressed with our interview and then it was like yeah you'll start in August so let's start making the preparations so I was like oh Wow. You know, at the same time, I was keeping my current employer aware of the situation. I said, look, I'm going to I'm gonna hand in my resignation. I'm going to leave. Um, and they were fantastic about it, I have to say as well, that because the job that I'm in now is the job I was in back then right. as a PE teacher as well. And at the 
time they'd uh, they'd they were fully supportive of me and they'd said look if it doesn't work out after a year if you want to come back just uh, keep us in the loop let us know and the CEO of the school was fantastic and the director there and after a year when I decided that that was enough of Ethiopia it was a great experience but I'd like to move back now um, they took me back so right. I was you know I was super enthralled about that but yeah, so so that explains the uh, the gap at the end of the year. <laughs> yes, yeah, no more racing. You know, racing's over. Time to train. So, and I guess the people that know me would have probably thought, anyway, hang on, you're you've tried two coaches with all the you know the, to train properly, structure, and now you're going to go to Ethiopia to train properly. Mm, okay, well you can give it a try, but you're yeah you're the guy that likes racing. I'm not sure if there's many races. <laughs> yeah, uh, but yeah, you know, you've got to give it a try. You know, why yeah. not? It's interesting so, because Ethiopia and Kenya are obviously the powerhouses of the of the running world, but there aren't all that many races there. At least there aren't many races that are officially measured. Yeah. 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 So it was yeah, it was, it was there was not enough racing for me anyway, so yeah. which I realized yeah. very quickly once I got there. Yeah, yeah. So okay, so end of two thousand fifteen there's the the blank um which which you've just explained why that is after August nine. And then 2016 is is uh, 35 races, um, and as you said, you you really started heating up. I guess after you got back from Ethiopia in the middle of the year, and uh, you ran some pretty some pretty quick times. You ran uh, a 108 half marathon in there. There is a 217 at Frankfurt. No, that you're. Probably- uh, no, no. That was the relay. Yeah, we run that as a team. Yeah. Ah, right. Okay. Yep. And uh, not too many other full marathons. I'll take but... two seventeen. <laughs> <take> it, but... <laughs> it wasn't all you. Okay. No, it wasn't me. Okay, and there was no other marathons that year, but there was uh, plenty. There was plenty of ten k and half marathons, and and a couple of thirty k races too. Um, and then two thousand. Is there anything else that you recall about twenty sixteen that you wanted to touch on? Um. I think if I mainly just to, to say to the to listeners really is that um, you know maybe Ethiopia for would have been different experience for me had I went there on say you know a one year trainings camp or just taken a year out from working it would have been really different mm. uh, maybe I could have done some more training I still would have missed my racing but I would have had more time and um, I think I went there and. I had a job as well, and I was full-time PE teacher. I was actually the, the head of PE out there too, so there was a lot of responsibility. So as well as realizing once I got there, oh, hang on, there's not so many races, I also realized, oh, wait a minute, there's actually quite a lot of pressure on me to do well here in a in a good job. Yeah. Uh, By the way, where, where were you in, uh, in Ethiopia? Uh, it was a school called Sanford International School. Okay. Um, British International School, a lot of history, uh, up close to Jean Maida, the oh, training yeah. ground. Yeah, yeah, in the west of, yeah. uh, sorry, in the east of Addis Ababa. Yeah, I've I've been there before. Yeah, exactly the east. Yeah, and uh, I was um, at the Jean Maida. It's kind of like a big grassy area. Yeah, uh, I've been up there a few mornings to to train, but. I think uh, I joked with somebody like when I came back because I didn't do as much training as I'd hoped to do out there and with all the commitments of work etc and, and just not the races 
I joked with somebody and said, actually, I'm probably one of the few people that went out to Africa and came back like more unfit than when I went out there. <laughs> Less fit, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because I, I totally didn't do as much as, I, as I'd hoped. And, uh, well, maybe to be fair on you, to be, but... to, to be fair, I mean, I know where you were, where you were working there. Now, the sweat, sweat elite, we, we went to, myself and my colleague, Tate, who wrote most, writes most of the articles, we went to uh, Ethiopia in January and, and we actually watched a cross-country yeah. race in, in um, Jan Meda, however you pronounce it. And that area yeah. is not, it's not great for running. Like Jan Meda is, but around there, it's just a very busy, hectic city. So if you were living around yeah. there, there, there's not, it's not the most, uh, I mean, once you leave Addis Ababa, I'm sure, you know, you, you can, you can make your own comments on this, but once you leave Addis Ababa and head north to Salulta or even, um, towards the south, I'm forgetting the suburb names. There's lots of good running areas there, but in, in the city itself, it's, it's not great to run. No, no, absolutely not. And especially for somebody like me, you know, I fit my training around my job because my job pays the bills, etc. You yeah. know, full-time teachers. And uh, for me, I, I train in the evenings. You know, I come home from work and sometimes I'll go out running six, seven at night, especially now in the winter, it's dark. I'll stick on my head torch, my headlamp and here in Germany, you know, in Europe, you feel safe about doing that. You don't mind. You can go out. You can go into the forest. You can do an hour, an hour and a half, two hours, whatever. You, you feel safe. Yeah. It's it's fine. But you can't do that in Addis Ababa. For right. me, it was, as a foreigner especially, really unsafe. I definitely wouldn't run about the streets there with a headlamp. Um, yeah. And the, the streets were crowded and... Yeah, for me, there was just the the chances of squeezing in a run in the daylight hours were slim, especially with a full time job. So, yeah, really, really tough to you know to to get my runs in there, and yeah. I was quite relieved in a way actually to get back to the safety, the security of Germany. To go out for a run whenever you want, you know, it's safe. Um, just stick on your headlamp, as I say, and whether it's in the morning or the evening, I prefer the evening, but I know that many people prefer the mornings. So I was quite happy to actually, having done my year, to get back here and just kind of start again. So, yeah, absolutely. Uh, no, yeah. I'm, glad we, I'm glad we spoke about that because I, I reckon a few people might have been maybe wondering, um, well, you've gone to Ethiopia. What, why didn't you use it as a really good opportunity to train? But and, and you, you, you might have been thinking that before you went, but yeah, I, I really must say that, that that Addis Ababa, the city, is not a it's not an easy place to run at all. So no. I can I can understand why why you didn't why you weren't able to get much quality training done there, especially if you're working, you know, school hours from whatever it is eight o'clock in the morning until three or four in the afternoon. It wouldn't have been easy. So, and of course, if you head outside of Addis Ababa to to, to the north, Saluta, where Kennedy Sibikile and Mo Farah do their training. It's about, I guess, 45 minutes to an hour north. It's, it's fantastic to train, but, but in the city where you were, it would have been hard. Yeah, yeah, I, I think so. There probably was lots of groups of runners, like, farther out, as you say. But, you know, I don't think I had the – I didn't have the contacts. I didn't really know who who to find, who to speak to, to find them. And then, yeah, I mean, if I travel further out of town, I have to think, oh, I have to be back at work by 7.45. So, yeah. yeah pretty tight you know (laughs) okay well we've probably got about another 10 minutes left on the call so we'll go through the uh well i don't want to hold you too much longer and we do try and keep the podcast to around about an hour but um 
We'll uh, yeah. so twenty sixteen. You were that was that was what I mentioned. One oh eight half, but no fulls. And then the following year in two thousand seventeen, you ran one oh nine fifty two at the Dusseldorf half, and only three weeks later, two thirty one at the Dusseldorf Dusseldorf full. And that year you raced uh, 43 times, which is, which is impressive. <laughs> uh, also yeah. a 31-40-10K, which is, which is getting down there. So that was a pretty big jump that year. Not so much in the half, but at least in the full, you went down to 231. Um, I don't know if you've got any further comments there, but 2018 is when you really started to get pretty, pretty quick with a 225. Frankfurt Marathon. Yeah, there's, there's, I think that uh, once I got back from Ethiopia, I think we can basically say that the, the following four years, from from three years, sorry, from arriving back and until today, you know, it was settling back into Dusseldorf, settling back into my uh, into my job again, and just getting back into racing, no distractions. And I think I've over the years I've been learning, I've been kind of forming my own approach and my own, uh, yeah, kind of um, the way that I see running. And I've, I've had, I've also had, you know, I think that the way I am today has, you know, I've had enough quite setbacks, if you like, which make me the way I am today, which make me uh, like look at running so positive and make me love running. And, you know, one of those big ones as well was having a DNF at Dusseldorf Marathon before I went to Ethiopia. That was in 2015. And that took me a few years to get over as well. And that had a big impact on me. What happened there? Why did you, uh, what what happened here? Well, that was a race, you know, um, everybody knows me now as having running so many marathons this year, being totally marathon obsessed, you know, the marathon man, and that's all he does is marathon. And But, you know, we'll go back to 2015, it was different, and I was uh, kind of talked into running a marathon that I wasn't, I didn't really want to do. At that time, I was into my 10Ks, couple of halves, but I really loved the 10s. Uh, numerous times at the weekend I could do them Friday, Saturday, Sunday because I just loved it um, but then I just got talked into doing this marathon and maybe 2.30 would be a good goal to have and you could just follow the first wood lady Nikki, just stay on her heels like chewing gum you know, stick to her, stay in her slipstream and I kind of got talked into running it here and I kind of started to, I didn't really want to do it but they talked me into it and said we'll get you a, a bib number and just get you signed up and you'll manage it, you know you're running low 32, you can do it and then I just had a terrible day because I wasn't overly convinced myself. I was like, well, I don't know. I'm being talked into something I don't want to do. And so everything was fine on the day until, I don't know, I mean, round about halfway. And then it was just like, poof, somebody pulled the plug out. Gone. It was just from, it felt like it was 100% and then it went to zero. It was just, poof, yeah. end, finished. I think After half, I went through half and like, 113 or something and I was just absolutely done yeah. and the whole pressure of all these you know friends of mine and, and, and uh, uh, people that I know that had kind of talked me into it and, and tried to build me up and that's I mean that in a positive way because you know I, I'm super I love the support that comes from the running scene and the encouragement and the motivation that we all give each other and I talk about them in a positive way now that the support they gave me but 
I don't feel like it was a decision I'd made myself. I am going to sign up for this race. I want to do it. I'm really looking forward to it. It was, well, they've said I can do it, so I guess I'll give it a try. That's, yeah. you know. So it wasn't that's a decision. Not really you, way you, yeah, it really, didn't, so, it really didn't come from your own thinking. You know, you, yeah, it, it makes no, sense. And I, mean, I guess many people listening will know how that feels with the plug being pulled out at halfway. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Oh. So um, there was, I guess it could only have went one way, and um, yeah, I mean, it's, it it finished badly. I mean, I ended up giving up because I was so done. I've never been so absolutely exhausted in my life, and then the whole pressure and everything, and I gave up, and then I just I quit. And I don't know, and I, um, I just met with some friends after the race, but I didn't hang around long, and I was quite quite upset with myself. I'd been talked into it, and I was quite frustrated, and I was like, right, no more marathons. No more marathons. And that's it. And it took me like maybe two years, I think, to then run another marathon. Yeah, I can see that, yeah. Yeah, and then from 2017, from then on, I fell back in love with marathon and I really began to appreciate how, how good it is. Like how good the distance is, how good the day is, you know, everyone is out on the streets supporting. I really began to, I really, on that day, 2017, fully appreciated how good the marathon is. And since then, I can't believe it took me so long to get over that DNF. I wish I'd kind of got over it sooner, but I've now fallen back in love and it's my favorite distance. I yeah. absolutely love the marathon. And, um, it must have been really nice for you to. Uh, so, so, did you say? Sorry, that DNF was Dusseldorf, twenty fifteen. Yes. And it must yes. have been. It must have been nice. Exactly two years later to do a PB at Dusseldorf two thirty one. Yeah, the super feeling. You know, a PB is always nice. You know, I think every everybody will will agree with that. You know, PB is amazing. A PR, we're always happy because. Uh, yeah, it doesn't matter how, how you approach the race, or you've always got that little goal in the back of your mind. Maybe it'll be PB day today, and if not, well, I'm, I'm going to give it my best anyway. Let's see what happens. <laughs> yeah, you know, hope. We all, we're all hoping. We're, we're hoping that we're on a PB. It can't always be a PB, but secretly, we're all hoping for it every time we toe the line. You know, absolutely. So that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Then I can really see that you've got. Yeah, you've really started to ramp up the marathons because in. Uh, in 2017, there looks to be uh, not too many, maybe about six or seven, but then 2018, there's there's quite a few. Um, yeah. And that's when you dropped the time down to 2.25 at the Frankfurt Marathon in December, uh, sorry, in uh, October 2018. Uh, and then this year, sorry, I'm fast-tracking a little bit because I, I, I like to keep these episodes to 60, 70 minutes, and we're, we're about 60 now, but in uh, in this year, you've you've dropped it a lot again, down to a 31.07 10K on the 1st of January. You had a, you had a very good January because you, you ran 31.07, and then uh, eight days later, you ran 2.21.50 for the marathon, which is still your personal best. Yeah, this I think I've, I said to you as well, like, you know, um, even when we, we wrote emails or whatever, that this year is, um, it's it's a year uh, I'm enjoying my running the absolute the most. Um, I'm PBing as well still, and I, I say still, I'm not that old, but, you know, I'm 35 now, and, you know, the years are going on, and still, I'm just, I'm loving it more than ever, and best times are still coming, and I think even now, there's also been some nice recognition as well, which... 
you know, I never set out that to, to get these things, but yeah. when they come your way, of course, you're very happy for it. And I live in Germany now. I've been living in Germany for 13 years, but this year, the Scottish Athletics um, Association have they kind of uh, got wind of me in the last couple of years and my time's coming down, pushing on, and I've been included in a new marathon project. So, you know, that for me, I'm a proud Scotsman, and that's like, oh, my God, wow, really? You know, this is... I can't believe it. Again, over the over the 10 years, um, less than 10 years I've been running, I never could have ever thought that would be happen. But yeah. now I, there is a possibility one day that I could run for Scotland. Absolutely. The way, you, me, the way you're improving, it's, it's, uh, it's looking likely in maybe three or four, two or three years. <laughs> it's, I, I can't believe it. And, it, yeah. of course, like I smile as I'm speaking to you. And, and I, I just – if that happens, I'll be – even just once, once in my lifetime to maybe have a Scotland shirt and run for my country, I could I could say that I've done it. And once is enough. <laughs> it yeah. would be so good, and I would be so happy and so proud. But you know, let's see. I'm just gonna I'm gonna continue running and training and listening to what I want, listening to my body, and train the way I feel and I want. And, and so I yeah, think this is see. a this is a perfect segue into the last five minutes or so about exactly what you just said. So. So training, people must be curious. You're racing most weekends. Now, I've, I've scrolled through your Strava a little bit while we're talking. And I, by the way, I really appreciate your post on October 30 when you mentioned uh, thank you to Sweat Elite for the feature. We, <laughs> uh, you dedicated a 15, 15K run to us back then. Uh, that was just a Instagram and Facebook post uh, about um, your 2019 year. But uh, yeah, so so I've scrolled through your Strava and I, I've got a sort of a light understanding of what you've been doing for training between the races. But maybe in a, in a in a couple of minutes, you can just, you can explain what your outlook is towards towards managing the training between all of these races. Uh, yeah, so I mean, for me, I have my basically like my standard route. You know, I think most people see that that follow me on Strava. You know, thanks for everyone that does follow me. Um, I, I run like let's say 15k a day, and sometimes it might be 20, sometimes it might be 10, but on average it's like 15k a day because I, because I race every weekend. There's no for me. There's no tapering down. There's no tapering up. There there is no tapering. You know, it's just um, yeah. It's just like train and train sensibly and do what you can in the week and use your head and like I have to be sensible about how I train if I want to do a couple of little you know strides or sprints or a wee bit of intervals in there somehow I will incorporate it but most of the time it's like let's say a moderate steady quite speedy 15k it depends on how I'm feeling but I tend to uh, let's say 15k a day and then at the weekend I'll have a race Um, And that takes me usually up to about 100K, maybe more. You know, if I race a marathon, then I'll have a a weekly total of like around about 140, 150. But if I race a 10K, it'll be less. But, you know, I'm I'm not so, uh, I don't, with a fine tooth comb, I don't go through my training and say it must be this much. It has to be this much. It cannot in any way be less than 100 you know i'm just going to train and do what i can and train to the best of my abilities around my job and 
you know, and, and make sure that I train every day yep. and do what I can. And if it comes, I, I aim for about 100, which I know is still quite way less than what other runners in, you know, kind of my level do. But it works for me. Um, yeah. So I think, you know, I'm just I'm going to keep doing it. And, you know, I think that uh, as well as to never, ever lose the joy, I know that it's been said as kind of a cliche, but you never, ever lose the joy of running, the joy of training, and the joy of racing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's, that's for me. That it's, uh, and it doesn't sound like you know, you're, uh, you're losing that at all because, as you keep saying, 2019 has been the most – most fun year and, and, and the fastest year on in, in all events. So it's it's working. So you don't ever do yeah. any uh, – you, you don't uh, – or, or do you do any, any intervals at any point or is it, is it sort of just easy to steady running during the week and then the races on the weekend? Um, I think I like to experiment sometimes. Um, just uh, – yeah, it just depends how I feel. You know, it might be just – because sometimes I feel like, to be honest, sometimes I feel as if I don't really know my, my watch well enough. And I think, oh, you know what? I'm going to experiment with the interval functions today because I'm going to try it. I've never tried it before, so let's give it a go. So I program this like one hour with like, say, a, a one-minute interval every five minutes. And then it beeps at me. It's a beep, beep, beep. So sometimes I, I try it just because I want to try the new functions of the watch. Sometimes I try it because I think, oh, you know, I, I'm really up for some speed today. Sometimes I'll come home from work after, you know, teaching the kids all day. I'll be like, oh, I just want one hour by myself today. I want some peace and quiet. It really does depend how my day was. Yeah. But uh, not having a coach for me is actually, for somebody else, they need that coach. That's fine. And, I, you know, everyone's different. But for me, I quite like the flexibility, the spontaneity of, you know, coming up with my own plan, my own ideas. And being flexible from day to day, how do I feel? Shall I do something fast? Shall I just like half an hour out, half an hour back? And just, I just, I love the flexibility about yeah. my own training. It's yeah. just coming up with a different thing. So I throw things in there now and again. I don't have any plan, really. Yeah, oh, absolutely. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's funny because um, <clears throat> we've written a few articles lately uh, and, and I actually – uh, I, I coach a few people and, and my sort of philosophy or ideas around training have kind of changed a little bit over the last few years. Not not, not drastically, but it, it does revolve, um, and these articles do revolve quite a lot about kind of what you're, what you're just talking about, about, well, well why, are we, why are we creating a very rigid, um, specific program for, for a month ahead when we're not sure how our body will respond to it? And, yeah. you know, it, it, it may be a better idea. And, and having spent quite a bit of time in Kenya and Ethiopia now, those guys don't often plan very far ahead. There's often a vague plan, but, you know, for the most part, they kind of plan it like the day before or, or even the day yeah. off. It depends how they're, how they're feeling. And it sounds like you, you, you take the same approach there, which, which makes sense. And if you're feeling very, very tired, it might be, I'm assuming sometimes you might even take a day off. Or I've noticed on your Strava you do a lot of cycling as well, but that might be to work and back. But, um, yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, the, the cycling is just back and forth to work. I mean, it still counts. It's a, it's a, yeah. it's a fantastic way to just um, get the legs turning in the morning and and do something different. And uh, yeah, it's a good way to get some fresh air in the morning, wake you up. But 
um, yeah, it definitely helps. Now, for those listening and have Strava, I definitely recommend following. Your name on uh, on there is Nikki Johnston, a.k.a. Elvis, and I like the way that every single post you, you, you make your own comments. So... Uh, one. <laughs> I'm just gonna say some random ones through October. I'm just I'm just scrolling through October. One week ago, I was running with no shirt. Now, with many layers, take me back to Mallorca. Um, <laughs> one one just before was who turned the heaters off? So I'm assuming I'm assuming it got cold all of a sudden there. Uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, there's just a lot of uh, very funny and and quite random uh, posts. Explore, climb, push, and grind. The 34k run in uh, I don't even know where you were there. Somewhere in uh, maybe Spain. Um, yeah, so definitely follow. You've got over five thousand followers, which is a which is which is a lot for Strava. Um, okay, so last question from me, which is on the same topic. How do you have any specific recovery? methods between these races because for example i've just got open here 2019 through may and june you, you, you've got a number of marathons here around 224 227 223 like that's tough on the body they're, they're all they're all within like a couple of weeks of each other um, how do you do you do anything specific to recover from these races or is it just you're just so used to it now it, it... Nothing specific, no. I mean, as I say, because because I race so often, sometimes I think, well, I try and I try and get out the next day if I can, because I think, you know, I've got the, I've got that feeling of, well, I've got another race coming up next week and it's another marathon, so um, I suppose I better get out and you know turn the legs over and 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 kind of train again. But the, I don't put myself under any pressure. I think recovery for me is to stress is just listening to the body the last two weeks for example I've been knocked for six by a cold and uh, last week I had 30k and I have no problem at all to just wind the training down I mean if you're sick you're sick what can yeah. you do Yeah. Um, and that's this whole flexibility spontaneity thing that I've said is yeah I mean I'm still cycling to work but I'm not going to run because I don't feel up to it I feel a bit chesty I feel like I've got a headache and the body's giving you a sign you need to rest and you know for me it's very very super important to listen to the body and the last week I've hit 100k this week because I'm feeling better again so you know I've, I've wound it back up again and now I feel like I'm maybe next weekend I can do another race and because that's two weekends now without a race I'm, I'm going crazy here so <laughs> <laughs> yeah awesome. but yeah I mean for me recovery is uh, again everyone has their own way but uh, because I race so often, there's, there's no there's no one particular method. Uh, I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I I don't do really. I don't stretch. I might be quite old school. I think if the way if you look at that, I mean, I don't stretch and I don't do much stabby work. And I know that I probably should, but I'm just kind of old school. I just like to run. I love to run and. For me, running is number one. So I just can't wait when I get home from work to lace up the shoes and get out there. And awesome. And yeah, and uh, do so the miles. So before, <laughs> no, thanks for sharing that. And before we round up the uh, the call, um, I'm curious to know. So next year is an Olympic year, and it's a, also a. Correct me if I'm wrong. I am Australian, so I could have got this wrong. But it's a European Championships year. Uh, what are your thoughts about trying to? I mean, I know the Olympic standards very fast. It's at least the automatic is two eleven thirty, but there are ways to qualify through ranking. 
But what is the European standard and do you have that in mind at all or is that something maybe in a couple of years' time that you might think about? To be honest, no. Uh, don't really... I wouldn't say that I have it in my mind. Don't really think about it because, you know, maybe uh, people know me as well that my approach is to... It's just to race and train. And, of course, I've already said during our call that... Um, I'd love one day to pull on a Scotland shirt, maybe. Mm. Um, and the, the project that I'm in is is looking at the Commonwealth Games in 2022, so there's a few years away. But I think that I would just like to... I'm going to do my best. I'm going to train my best. I'm going to train as, as well as I can. But I'm not going to put... I don't want to put myself under any pressure by setting these goals, which are way maybe... For I don't know, I, I, with my reach, you could say. I mean, Olympic standards or European standards, or I'm not even thinking about them. I just want to keep going as I am, um, and just let things take their course and just let them happen. And you know, if it's meant to be, if I, if, you know, if I keep doing the work and keep training, and things are meant to be, then I, I will keep getting faster, I yeah. guess. And um. So, yeah, I mean, no is kind of the answer. I'm, I'm not really thinking about those standards. I would just like to kind of let it happen. Yeah, no, great answer. Uh, well, Birmingham 2022, we, we may or may not see you there, but I, I, I genuinely really like your approach to just face, you know, focusing on the race ahead and enjoy what you're doing. And I think that's, uh, that's something that a lot of people listening can take some, uh, at least... Uh, probably don't do themselves and uh, enough as in as in race enough and enjoy it enough so hopefully a few people listening have yeah. taken some good advice there so i really appreciate your your time it is a sunday night it's almost 9 p.m so i'm i'm not going to hold you any longer but i i appreciate your time and uh we'll be publishing this podcast in the next in the next few days and i'm sure it'll be uh it'll be a popular one because as you as you well already know it's a very unique approach to things and uh and it's it's quite incredible to see how how quickly you're improving as well well, thank you. Yes, I can. Uh, I can only say thank you. Thank you very much for the for the chance to, yeah, to have this interview. It's been great talking to you, and um, yeah, I just hope that all the listeners have um, had fun listening to to everything that I've had to say about my history in running, and maybe maybe uh, one or two people can pick out a few things and. Maybe it inspires one or two people, but uh, yeah, that's me. That's my way, and you know, I, I just love it. And you know, keep keep racing because that's, <laughs> that's the best thing about it. Absolutely. Okay, so Nikki Johnson is on Strava. Nikki Johnson, aka Elvis, Instagram. You're also a good follow. It's uh, underscore Nikki Johnston. Um, N i k k i j o h n s t o n e underscore. Uh, so find him on there. And uh, yeah, thanks again for thanks again for listening in, and thanks for joining, Nikki. Okay, well, thank you, thank you very much.